Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Let's say good morning to James Wong, Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer overseas at Leeds Securities. So I want to relate a story that I just saw, James. Uh, Reuters here reporting that Tesla's CEO, Elon Musk, told employees in an in a, uh, internal email, don't be bothered by the stock market craziness. Long term, I believe very much that Tesla will be the most valuable company on earth. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm just <laughs> curious if you – I don't want you to comment about Tesla, but yeah. are we in the midst of stock market craziness here? Uh, in Hong Kong, probably not in the U.S. And in Hong Kong, I think the uh, the driving force behind Hong Kong's equity, the, the I'll call this uh, the majestic revenge of the loans on Hong Kong equity, is mainly pushed by uh, foreign money. And uh, I guess the, the market sees China reopening as a matter of time instead of a matter of if, just like how the market sees BOJ's eventual removal of that little yeah. kink yeah, on point. JGB's yield curve. But uh, during this majestic revenge of the loans. Uh, for the past month and a half, southbound, southbound money from China has been modest at best. We've seen their uh, short positions on Hong Kong index ETFs and mainland Chinese tech giants accumulating at a speed faster than usual when foreign money are piling up on those stocks. And in fact, we've seen foreign money, especially European money, taking active part in Hong Kong equity with extreme uh, enthusiasm at every step of the Chinese reopening policies being materialized. Even when the 20 articles and then the 10 articles on relaxing COVID restrictions were first released and people living in the greater China area were questioning how thoroughly those new rules would be executed and thus grew skeptical of their effectiveness, foreign money never found this lack of clarity a problem. So, so I, I take it from your tone, you don't buy this rally. No, I don't, I, don't, I don't argue with the momentum. I don't argue with the forces that are active in the market. But uh, it just in terms of uh, fundamental factors, I think we are lacking a little bit. It's, uh, we, we can talk about the, uh, uh, the pandemic status or reopening status here uh, in, in, in China. And uh, it's not really that optimistic. Uh, with the uh, National Health Commission's latest policy turn, the loosening of COVID restrictions has reached its peak. And uh, from what we observed, and according to data compiled by Baidu, a cluster of northern China cities should have reached its peak confirmed cases recently. Uh, it's like Baoding and Shijiazhuang are two good examples of people, people's lives uh, getting back to normal after fighting through this uh, recent outbreak. And unlike people avoiding going out for the past month, there are actually traffic jams in Beijing right now. But in the southern China area and coastal cities like Shanghai and Shenzhen, number of confirmed cases is still on the rise and might reach peak James? at late January. Yes. Uh, James, you talk about fundamentals. When you took a look at valuations, they're so low versus yes. global <coughs> counterparts. So it, it won't take very much for recovery in asset prices, right? That is set to continue, no? Yeah, but there is this one thing, though. Uh, 
throughout the year, uh, foreign money has been the biggest seller of all things Chinese. And uh, there is one thing that they feared so much, that is common prosperity. And in this rally, we've seen no bad, no one, uh, no foreign money mentioning about common prosperity at its entirety. And uh, I think I think that the reason that you, you, you brought up a good point, we are at a very low valuation uh, status. And uh, the reason that foreign money are piling up on Hong Kong stocks is because uh, they are light um, positioning for uh, the greater China stocks. Well, and they're just positioning for a longer-term view, right? I think it's a shorter-term view because uh, if we look longer-term, common prosperity is a thing that no one can avoid. And uh, Well, that, that's if Xi Jinping uh, retains power and pushes this policy through <laughs> yeah. after this respite. And I guess you're saying that's the more likely outcome. Uh, exactly. I don't see it turns out any other way just yet. So I, I think this is going to go on for a while. And I think uh, the reason that we see foreign money being extremely more optimistic about Chinese stocks and Hong Kong stocks uh, than Chinese investors is because, uh, well, those investors live in China and the uh, outcome right. they're going to be facing as a consequence of common prosperity being executed is probably more, a lot more severe than the foreign investors watching on the sidelines. And James, we talk about those China bulls. They're betting on Beijing refocusing on the economy with a yes. 5% GDP target for 2023. Will China get there, given all the problems it's seeing right now with its reopening? Yeah, we think the, uh, the, peak, the, the peak for confirmed cases uh, will come late January or early February. So uh, the complete uh, resumption of uh, manufacturing activities and consumption might come in the second quarter. So th I think they are very, very confident. Like Liu has said, they are extremely confident that the, uh, China is going to achieve its 5% GDP growth goal. Yes. So it's funny because when I first asked you about Elon Musk, uh, the stock market craziness that he was talking about was craziness to the downside. And you actually flipped it and said, well, we have craziness in Hong Kong, but yeah. it's actually craziness to the upside. So uh, point number one is you would sell these gains in the, in the rally here because you don't think they're sustainable. Yeah, I don't, I don't really think it's sustainable because we've reached maximum uh, uh, policy overturn on uh, COVID relaxations or COVID restriction relaxations. And uh, if we were looking at Chinese companies, uh, the, the upward earnings revision for Chinese companies, it's at best marginal at this point. So we have not, not really a lot of things policy-wise to look forward to. And then mm -hmm. the fundamentals don't really support such a rally. So that's, that's why I think uh, this, this rally that we've observed during the past month and a half uh, that runs purely on foreign faith might be a little low on gas. Hmm. So I guess the question is how much faith you have in the PBOC. <laughs> China's challenges yeah. really can't be seen in a vacuum, right? They have to be seen against a backdrop of a Fed that's pretty much laser focused on containing inflation. How yeah. far do you think the PBOC is willing to go to support the economy? How much more liquidity injection are we expecting to see how much triple R cuts will there be likely? Yeah, well, the, the PBOC has adopted a, a, a practice to uh, intervene in the market through open market open market activities. They don't really uh, meddle with the uh, the triple R or the interest rate that much for the past uh, three years. And I think they've uh, learned how to do this in a more delicate way and more effective way instead of just uh, moving the interest rates. I think uh, they are reluctant 
to inject liquidity uh, in the future. And uh, a good example would be uh, the bailing out or the alleged alleged bailing out of uh, the Chinese real estate uh, companies. You've seen the uh, the uh, PBOC and uh, the uh, other authorities coming out with measures that uh, make the whole uh, make the the, the whole uh, uh, cost of uh, bailing out those Chinese co- uh, real estate companies uh, more uh, market-based, and uh, they, they rely on the banks or on secondary market financing. They don't really u- want to use their own uh, money, their own uh, state-owned assets to do the bailing outs. So that's probably a direction. So are you playing these markets here more from the short side, uh, or do you have some longs that you like? Uh, yeah, the longs. I think the uh, uh, the sportswear uh, sector in Hong Kong might be uh, uh, an area that we are looking at. We will we are willing to uh, looking at in the future. And uh, I think the hot pot stocks, uh, the, uh, the 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 food and beverage stocks, that has been accumulated, uh, that has been pumped up by foreign money in the past month and a half, is a little. Uh, overvalued, and uh, because we know a lot of people in China right now, they, if they go out to to eat hot pot or celebrate Christmas, they were called warriors. So they, the the consumption is not really going back to normal anytime soon. Not until next uh, at the uh, next quarter. So sell Heidi Lau. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I'd say that. James, thank you very much for joining <laughs> us. You, James Wong, managing director and CIO overseas at Lead Securities, extremely forthright in his views and persuasive. James, thank you. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CutterEconomicForum.com.